You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So my complete lack of ability to tell time um, when I'm in somewhat of a, a coma kind of means we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode because I thought I was doing great on time, but it turns out 4 o'clock and 3 o'clock aren't the same thing. Um, they're near each other in, in terms of hours, not so much in terms of minutes. It's complicated. It's, um, I, I don't really have time to explain all that. But uh, there's really just two things I want to talk about today. Number one, Odell Beckham to the Packers. Number two is the new salary cap. Uh, I'd like to talk about more things, but I don't. again, I don't know about the whole time thing. Um, preliminaries very quickly. iTunes, it'd be great if y'all could help me get to 300 iTunes reviews. So if you have not done so yet and you appreciate the show, a five-star iTunes review would be appreciated. Um, this is the last day for Caleb Cowgill a.k.a. Zan1011 on Instagram to hit me up. Let me know that you want a signed thing, whether it's an 8x10 Johnny Jolly picture or um, a Chuck Mercine jersey. If you do not reach out today, we'll have another drawing. And again, by the time we give this thing away, we'll have 700 followers. So if we get to 700 before this thing, then the winner just gets both. How about that? But that probably won't happen. Anyways, uh, what else? Um, uh, got not much. Uh, if you wouldn't mind liking the Packernet Facebook page, trying to get that a little bit more up and running. Again, I want to try to do some more stuff through Messenger. Uh, I'm going to be posting some articles in there, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I can't think. Let's just take a break, and we'll talk about stuff. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Folks, as I'm sure you're aware, Vivid Seats is a fantastic way to get some great tickets. So why do I keep telling you? Probably because you don't listen. And I don't really play that disobedience game. It's not how I roll. So we're going to run through this again. This Sunday, very, 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 very important game. Very important. Not quite as important as the Vikings game, although we'll see, because if we lose, it suddenly became extremely important, which is why we should have a small conversation about why we need to make sure that that stadium is not filled with Chicago Bears fans, why we need a lot of really young and rowdy, it doesn't have to be young, but I mean, look, y'all got a reputation, a lot of really loud people at the stadium to scream as loud as you possibly can to make sure the Packers win, because we're kind of in, I don't care how we win, let's just win territory. And so if we barely win and screaming at the top of your lungs on third down is the little bit that got us over the hump and won us this game, great. But if you're not there to do that and it's filled with a bunch of Chicago Bears fans, this thing, this, this whole plan that I've devised doesn't work. So think it over. Poke around in the Vivid Seats app. Remember, as soon as you download it, you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every single purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. And if you're a new user, you can enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. It's all good news, man. Whoa, man. Whoa, mans. I don't know. Whoever you are, whatever you are, you should go to the game. Back to the show. 
Right, so let's start with the salary cap because I got all excited because I started hearing people talk and they're like, dude, we're going to have $25 million. And then I just did um, subtraction, which is tricky. But fortunately, I've been helping my five-year-old son with that. So I'm, I'm a little bit kind of up on it, you know. Turns out 200 minus about 185 is around 15. So um, obviously there's some stuff that needs to happen. But as it stands right now, we have about $15 million available to us. But we'll see. It could be upwards of about $20 million. There's no real official number yet. But supposedly between 196 and 201 which is about a $5 million range. Hence the difference. So let's hope for 201 as opposed to 196 But So we're looking at 15 to $20 million remaining. Now with that money, we have some people to make decisions about. I.e., you know, we might be losing a little bit of this money but then we'll see if we can get some of it back. So, for example, Brian Balaga. Now, it is somewhat of a tough decision. It's a tough financial decision because we don't have a lot of money, and we want to utilize our money as best as we can. The problem is we don't really have a replacement, and Brian Balaga is kind of awesome. Um, there was a question in the group, why are we constantly talking about a one, maybe two-year extension? I, I understand. I mean, some of the best tackles in football are like 35-ish. You know, 35-year-old, you know, Joe Staley, 35 years old, he's one of the best. Just consistent. I talked about Marshall Yonda. He's not a tackle, but 35 years old, he's one of the best since forever. Brian Balaga is only 30 years old. It's not like he's 35, so we could sign him to a three, four-year extension, no problem. The only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause is the fact that we're already treating him like he's 90. He's got injuries, he's on veteran rest, da-da-da-da-da. If he's deteriorated already at 30 to the point where we need to, like, let him take days off all the time. I, I just, I don't know. How long can you sustain that before it just gets to be too much? But if we're going to resign him, the other thing to take into account is if it's a one-year extension, the money is the money, right? So, for example, all these all these contracts, people look at the average and say that's how much we lose. For example, if it's uh, Brian Balaga gets resigned to a three-year $30 million contract, everyone's like, oh, great, we only had 15, now we lost 10, we only have five left. Yeah, but no. Of that 30, there's going to be like 22 guaranteed. He's going to sign a $7 million signing bonus, or $6 million or whatever, and that's going to be the extent of the contract. All right, they, 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 they're always low as far as what the average is. However, if you sign them to a one-year $10 million contract, then $10 million is the contract, and unless he loses some of that money, that's just what it's going to be. And we do lose $10 million. So it, in other words, it's more expensive the shorter the contract. The longer it is, the more you can kind of spread out the money a little bit and kind of fudge the numbers to make it feel like a good contract. But really, you're kind of part of the pay, part of the compensation is the length of the contract. So you can cut a little bit of the money out. Uh, we have to make a decision on Tremont Williams. I would like to bring him back. We don't have to. Um, one of the biggest revelations, and it's, you know, I'm not holding my breath on this, but it would be really awesome, Josh Jackson. Again, two really good games in a row. If he can step up, that's beyond huge. Mason Crosby, seemingly small, you know, all kickers don't get paid that much. Yeah, but when we're only dealing with $15 million and we got a kicker that's 4 or $5 million a year, that's a big chunk of money. It's the reason every year they keep bringing in kickers trying to compete with Crosby. I mean, I don't want him to go anywhere. We see the nightmare that is the NFL when teams trying to find kicker, 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 and they can't find it, and there's all this... You know, guys just missing kicks all the time. I don't want Mason Crosby to go anywhere, but it becomes complicated. Uh, Geronimo, I think, is gone. Mercedes Lewis, see, that that's the hard part. I'm 
100% in on getting rid of Jimmy Graham. I don't know if the Packers are, but I am. But if we get rid of Jimmy Graham and we don't re-sign Mercedes Lewis, we've got Jay Sternberger and Robert Tanyan. Maybe, because Robert Tanyan is due a contract. Do we re-sign Robert Tanyan? So I don't know. It becomes tricky, but do we want to re-sign Mercedes Lewis? I wouldn't mind getting rid of Jimmy and re-signing Mercedes Lewis because Mercedes is cheaper. He's a $2 million tight end. Cool, whatever. I don't care. You can block. That's fine. For $2 bucks, that's good enough. Jimmy? No. he's That's not a, not a thing. Um, Spriggs, I... I don't think it's as easy as a, as a, you know, let him walk as people think. With Brian Balaga kind of nearing the end, the fact of the matter is Spriggs kind of took a step in 2018. I mean, he, he, he wasn't great, and he's not somebody that you'd want to take over necessarily as a tackle, but he's only 25 years old, and he ended 2018 with a pass blocking grade of 72.4. That's not bad. You take into account the extreme athleticism for a tackle and what Matt LaFleur might like. I mean, if that's the kind of prototypical tackle that he's looking for, if, I don't know, might be worth hanging on to him for a little bit, especially if we can get him kind of cheap, and he ends up developing as he seems to be going in the right direction. So I I wouldn't, I mean, it's, it's like a free draft pick. You don't have to cut the guy. We need the depth. We need some experience. We need somebody that, and it, you know, again, new system. Maybe he can thrive in this system more so than he did under Mike McCarthy. I don't know. Personally, I think we hang on to the guy. Ryan Grant, I'm not even going to touch that. I, I, you know, whatever. I don't have any reason, see any reason to keep him, but if you want to keep him, that's fine. I also think, yeah, let's put him on the field because why not? I mean, I don't see any reason to kick and scream like half of Packer Nation is doing, but, you know, whatever. Ibrahim Campbell, probably got to pay that guy. That's going to cost some money. Can they afford to pay him? I don't know. Kyler Fackrell, um, as somebody had pointed out, he might be a very good trade chip. He's really flashed as a pass rusher, but he's our number three. We've got Rashawn, who we want to, whether or not he's he's a good player or not, we want to and need to start pushing him into a, a more a bigger role. He's 29 years old right now, which seems surprising, but he is, or he will be at least next year. And so do you want to pay your number three guy with a first-round rookie or first-round draft pick that's kind of needing more opportunities? It's just not a good fit between what he's valued at and what we're going to be doing with him. However, somebody else um, probably wouldn't mind taking a look at Kyler Fackrell, i.e. solid trade chip. B.J. Goodson, I don't really care. We need a new linebacker either way. If we want to hang on to him for a little bit and move on from uh, Blake, doesn't really matter as long as B.J. Goodson isn't looking for a big payday. Um, Vitali, everybody loves him, but he's been consistently one of the worst players on offense. If we think we can develop him, great. If not, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to check that out. I know we only have so many draft picks. You can't just draft, 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 draft 75 people like I keep saying. But I'm just saying, maybe we look at something else. But probably not. I mean, you're not going to find a guy like Danny Vitale. He's only 26. It's not hurting anything. I don't know. Um, we got Lucas Patrick is probably going to get re-signed just for the sake of depth. Jay Kumaro, meh. Robert Tanyan, probably just because he's cheap and we need the depth. Shannon Sullivan, I think, has earned a contract. You know, Will Redmond, Tony Brown, Tyler Lancaster, I think, is going to get paid. Alan Lazard. These are a lot of names of people that are looking to get pretty big pay increases. So, again, 15 to $20 million. The Packers are going to want to have, like, 8 to 10 left over. So that leaves 5 to 10 that they're willing to spend. And maybe they'll take it lower, but just as a general rule, you want to carry into the season, like, $8 bucks. So maybe you can spend about 10-ish, depending on the salary cap. You've got a lot to spend here. I mean, that that's why you look at guys like Brian Balaga and Tremont Williams and Mason Crosby and say, I really want these guys, but we got to make some tough decisions here. 
And the crazy thing is we can basically double the amount of money that we have to utilize by getting rid of Jimmy Graham. If we cut Jimmy Graham, we have $8 million additional dollars. We really only have about $8 million to spend. That doubles the amount of money we have. With $8 million, we can essentially sign Brian Balaga with no problem. What do you want, Brian Balaga or Jimmy Graham? Should be a simple decision. Corey Lindsley, exact same situation. Again, I understand he's a good center. They're not easy to replace. $8.5 million. So we only have about $8 million. You move on from Corey Lindsley and Jimmy Graham, you got almost $25 million to spend just by moving on from those two guys. And maybe you can look at restructuring Corey Lindsley instead of cutting him. I don't know. But I'm just saying. Lane Taylor is, is a backup right now. I like Lane. I was never a huge fan of him as a starter. He was one of those guys, sort of a, a Kevin Kingish thing, where everybody said he was... Everybody seemed to really like Lane Taylor. And I was trying to explain he's a good backup. He's not a good starter. That was a point of contention. Either way, the bottom line is he's a backup now. And he's going to be getting like $6 million to sit on the bench. I don't think so. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. So that's another $4.5 million to move on from Lane Taylor. So just in those moves, Jimmy Graham, Corey Lindsley, and Lane Taylor, we're looking at like $30 million. So the Packers obviously have to do some drastic stuff, and there could be some restructuring as far as contracts are concerned. They also need to consider extensions, which actually could obviously work out to the benefit of the Packers. You look at a guy like Devontae Adams. He may be due a contract extension, which could actually free up a little bit of money. David Bakhtiari, similar situation, but I don't, know, I don't know how much money that's going to free up just because he's only getting $14 million this year. He's probably due a pretty massive um, increase in pay. And again, if you lower his pay this year, it really just means we have to increase the money next year and beyond, and it's already going to be really high. I don't know how much higher we want to push it, but whatever. That's generally how that works. You extend it, you get to save a little bit of money this year. So that'll be around 30. There's a few other guys in here that, you know, Marquez might be moving on from. That's a little bit of money. Somebody else that hasn't really been talked about that might be in in uh, line for a contract bump would be Aaron Jones. 2020 is the last year of his contract. He's only going to be getting paid. He's going to be getting paid less than a million dollars to run like he's been running. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to uh, give that guy a raise, especially since he's, you know, he's a running back. He's not going to be playing very long. So give him his one contract for a big pile of money and uh, just be done with it. Or wait because you're the Packers and, uh, you know, when 2021 rolls around, just say, eh, we don't need him and move on to get a new running back. I don't know. We'll see how the Packers handle that situation. But that's more or less the contract situation. It's not super specific, but I don't have time for super specific in terms of exact numbers and who does this and how that happens and free agents and pick up this guy and all that. Bottom line is we don't have a ton of money, but Moving on from a few guys means we do have a ton of money. We have more than enough money to re-sign the guys we want to re-sign, extend the guys we want to extend, and probably have a little bit of money left over. Not a ton, but enough. And yes, if there's some people in free agency we want to go after, then we can go after them. Uh, one of those people, obviously, is currently asking to be traded, but why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back, talk about that quickly, and then I gots to get going. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Odell Beckham, apparently, and I think it was Skip Bayless. I'm not positive, but I I think it was Skip Bayless has some kind of a source. He says it's a source that he feels is reliable, although what's he going to say? Of course, this is some salacious thing that's going to get him a ton of attention. So why would you say anything other than this is a very reliable source? But whatever. Number one, essentially before games, He's going up to coaches saying, come get me. He's upset that he's being underutilized in Cleveland. He wants to go to a new team. And according to, again, I believe Skip Bayless, he has made comments that suggest that he wants to go play for Aaron Rodgers. He wants to be a Green Bay Packer. So that brings us back to the contract thing, because the the number one thing Packer fans are going to say is, yeah, but how do you afford him? Here's the thing. This is actually unbelievably affordable. You look at it and think, well, you know, Odell Beckham, he's one of the best. How do you pay a guy like that? He's 27 years old right now, and going forward, here is what the salary cap hit would be. Keep in mind, um, top-tier wide receivers right now, 17, 18, 19 million dollars is about where they are. If Devontae gets an extension, he's going to be getting close to 20 million dollars a year, I would assume. To pay for Odell Beckham, and this contract runs through 2023 when he's 31 years old. Here's what the salary cap hits would be starting in 2020: 14 million, 14 and a half, 13.75, 13.75. That's what the base salary of his contract is. The roster bonus, all that stuff, the three million dollars that's owed, that's going to be a salary cap. That's going to be that's going to be a hit to the Browns, I believe. I'm pretty sure that's a, either way. Worst case scenario, you're talking 14, 15, 15, 15. That's 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 not that bad. The big question is, will the Packers be willing to pay that much money? It might seem like they may not, but if you go back to 2017, for example, the highest paid players you had. Clay Matthews was making, or he had a cap hit of $15 million, which would be kind of similar to what you would have with Zadarius in today's money of $17 million. You got Devontae at $16 million, which I guess is kind of reminiscent of Randall Cobb's 12.6, and then Jordy at 11.55. So the Zadarius and Clay thing is almost identical. Clay was getting eight, um, 8.6% of the cap. Zadarius next year is getting 8.3. So really, as expensive as Zadarius seems, uh, Clay Matthews was getting paid more as a percentage in 2017 than Zadarius is going to be in 2020. Devontae is going to be getting almost 8%, which is higher than what Randall Cobb was getting. But Randall Cobb was at 7.5%, well, 7, seven and a quarter, and, and Devontae's just under 8. So similar. And if Odell came in at 14, basically what David Bakhtiari is making, that's 6.83%. That would be uh, 6.8, right at about what Jordy was making. Jordy was 6.6. So it's a little bit higher, but it's it's very similar. The only real difference is Devontae would be higher than what Randall Cobb was as a percentage by about, point, by about a half a percent. 
The other, obviously, major difference would be Aaron Rodgers in 2017 making $13 million. <laughs> Actually, it was 20. He was making 20. And he was making 20 in, in 2018 as well. In 2020, however, that thing's going way up to $32 million. So as a percentage, I don't think that's even going to be close. But, you know, as far as percentages, what are the Packers willing to pay for wide receivers? That clearly topped out. And, and, and uh, Mark Murphy, I couldn't think of his name, made the comment that when they signed Jimmy Graham, was that it? Now, now I'm doubting myself. I don't know, but it... If we remove Jimmy Graham and bring in Odell Beckham, is anybody going to be real upset about that? I think the bigger issue here isn't his contract cost, it's the draft cost and what is, what's it exactly going to mean in the locker room. And here's the thing, Odell Beckham is known as somewhat of a hothead, and when things weren't going well with the Giants, he was causing a scene every single time over on the sideline. Things have been a disaster in Cleveland. Has he made a single peep the whole time? Has anybody seen him boxing, you know, the, the kicking nets or walls or anything this year I feel like he's been relatively well behaved now the other issue is why is he not playing well because I mean again the Giants were not a good football team did not have a good quarterback he was still a very good wide receiver he was still a top three wide receiver every year this year if we just run out his grades since 2014 90 88 87 26 17 he was hurt most of the year uh, 2018, 90. So 90, 88, 87, 90. This year, 69.5. He's not even a 70. He's been elite basically every single year. He's not even good this year. He's basically just barely good. If you look at even week by week, the only week where he was quote unquote very good was week two against the Jets, 85.4. That would be lower than all four of his averages. Again, 90, 88, 87, 90. His highest game was an 85.4 this year. Otherwise, 69, 66, 56, 58, 72, 57, 67, 60, 62, 67, 57, and 57. He's barely getting average grades on a week-to-week basis. Why? If his, if his grades aren't dependent on his stats, it's dependent on his ability to get open. I mean, catch instead of drop. What is going on? So that's something for the pro personnel to look at and say, what's going on with Odell Beckham? Why is he not producing? And it's it's simplistic to look at it and say, well, it's because it's the Browns and they're not good. But the Giants weren't good and they were able to make it work. Again, you could say it's the system, but the system doesn't mean anything when we're looking at his grades. Yeah, but why aren't you getting open? Why aren't you running away from that guy, Mr. Great Route Runner with 443 speed? So these are all questions. My point is the the salary cap implications are smaller than the draft in- implications, the locker room implications, and the uh, the drop off in performance. The, the bigger issue, though, is these are all variables, and they're not very good. He is expensive, and we already have a very expensive wide receiver. The Packers aren't going to super like that. He's going to cost a lot in terms of draft capital. The Packers aren't going to want to do that. He's a bit of a head case, although he seems to have been behaved this year. The Packers don't really like that. There's a big drop-off in his production. I don't know if everyone's going to be super worried about that, but it is a concern. I'll put all these things together, very unlikely that the Packers pull the trigger on this. Um it would solve a good amount of issues, at least presumably. It would be very, very awesome, and then the Packers could focus on, I don't know, a linebacker and offensive line, even though the offensive line is pretty well set. I mean, we're pretty good. And it's it's a long-term contract. So this is Odell Beckham, and then you extend Devontae Adams, which is probably going to free up a little bit of money, and you will have Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams for the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' career, as well as Zadarius and Preston and Savage and Amos. And that's the thing with all these these signings is they're all for the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' career, and that's awesome. This would be another one because he's only 27 years old. 
he'll be in Green Bay for the remainder of the time, assuming we want to keep him. And the, the real big benefit here is that Odell Beckham gets to choose, and if it's true he wants Green Bay, there's going to be a lot of competition, and ultimately it's up to Cleveland, but Odell Beckham can have a lot of input in this and say, no, I want to go to Green Bay. And he can, you know, I don't know. I mean, if he causes a stink and says, I don't want to go there or whatever, then, you know, do the Packers really want him? But it's not as impossible as a lot of people are making it out to be. The, the, the biggest thing is that there's a lot of hurdles, and the Packers are just lazy when it comes to leaping hurdles. They're not interested in, in a lot of hurdles. Things just have to kind of line up and make sense. However, at the same time, you look at Gutekunst, sometimes he's a he's a, like a dog with a bone, man. You look at Khalil Mack, he went pretty hard after Khalil. You think about it, that's that's a classic, like, no, nah, the Packers will never do that. He did. He went after him, and, and, you know, for the 17th time, they technically offered more than the Bears did. The assumption was just that the Packers are going to have a higher pick, so it's not going to mean as much, but that obviously didn't pan out. But But he went hard after Khalil Mack and offered maybe the most of anybody. You look at Zadarius. I mean, $17 million for a guy that's got, you know, I guess somewhat relatively limited production and, and all that, that's that's pretty bold. And going after Preston in the same year, and I mean, I'm just saying, he seems to be relatively aggressive, and if everything seems to line up, granted, trading away draft capital is not the Packers' favorite thing to do. I don't know how many times we can put barriers on Brian Gutekunst pretending that he's Ted Thompson before you realize He's not Ted Thompson, and maybe he's willing to do some stuff because he really, really wants a championship. He really wants Aaron to get another ring and for the Green Bay Packers to get another ring as long as they have Aaron. And if this just makes sense, I don't know. Maybe they do it because in a lot of ways it does. The contract isn't that big. He's still young. We really need a guy like this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the exact kind of receiver that I'm looking for. He's, he's a boundary guy that you can put in the slot. Just a great route runner. He has the speed. The Packers want a lot of speed. A guy that can stretch the field, but also just a great route runner. A guy that can attack the middle portion of the field and just convert third downs, third and four. Imagine having Devontae and Odell Beckham to account for on third down. As much as it'd be great to have a tight end, and that's something we can try to invest in as well in the draft because we don't have to worry about wide receiver as much. That's a tough one to figure out. And Aaron Jones, and maybe Jace takes a step. I don't know. I'm not super anti, and I'm 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 a very much a Ted Thompson y kind of person. Probably more often than I'm not than not I'm out on things, but that's usually just because people are real big on names and names aren't don't mean anything. But I mean this one just kind of makes sense. We we got to have answers to why he's not performing well. I would like to know what Cleveland wants in terms of compensation if they're even willing to deal him. Maybe they're just gonna say I don't care. He's our guy. We paid for him. We're keeping him. You're staying here and you're gonna like it. We're gonna get this thing turned around. You'll be fine. He'll stop crying once we get the offense fixed. We'll get a new coach, he'll bring in a better scheme, and everything will be fine. He'll stop crying, whatever. But I think it's something that, and and, and Brian Kudekunst will pursue it, because he always does. He has said that. That's one of the things I like. He's always going to pick up the phone. He's always just going to ask, what do you want for him? Even if we're not really even interested, I just want to know. Maybe it's going to be cheaper than we thought. Maybe we can negotiate and find a way to make this thing work. So probably not going to happen, but doable. It's on the very fringe of, of it's not going to happen, but doable. So anyways, again, short episode, but I'm way, 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 way past time. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk about the Chicago Bears. Have a good one. Bye-bye.